Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hello and welcome to Behind the Dreams, a Disney fan podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and with me, as always, since we've rebooted, Jack Seifersound. How are you today, Jack? Good. Uh, you know, getting ready for the holiday season and also getting ready to head out to California for a Disney trip. So, Yeah, so we'll have to talk all about that when you get back. And I totally forgot about that. You know, like, we were coordinating this episode. And I'm like, well, if we don't get it done today, we got all this other... No, uh, we have to... <laughs> I have to get this done. Doing field research. Yes. Yeah. You know what? The podcast is paying his expenses. <laughs> I wish. Uh, but no, we're here talking. I don't know the last time we recorded. But, um, you know, the Bob Iger news broke in what, November? Um, and I know you were probably swamped with midterms and uh, stuff like that. And then I was swamped. So finally getting back here to being able to uh, talking about some behind the dreams, Disney stuff that's been going on the Bob Iger news, some other news. We got a closure date for splash and we'll talk about all of that good stuff. So, so this news broke like late on a sunday in november i think it was late october or i think it was november that bob Iger was going to be replacing bob chapik who was did they say stepping down he was forced out Let, let's not beat around the bush here <laughs> he, was, he was forced to step down uh forced out yes he was forced to step down and uh, it's kind of like when like Nixon resigns as president, right? Like it, there is no path forward at that point. Um, so right. so they they boot JPIC out. They they bring in uh, Bob Iger, who they had on speed dial, I guess. And uh, he he said yes. He took over. Um, what was your thoughts, Jack, when this news broke? I think it was a late Sunday night. It was a late Sunday night. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first I was, you know, a little, a little bit shocked because, you know, they had just extended JPEX contract a little bit earlier in the year. So it was a little bit shocking of a development, but also um, at first I, I, I was like, wow, this, this is big. They must've really not liked how JPEX was handling things uh, that, for for things to turn around so quickly so immediately i was like i wonder what exactly it was that what was the straw that broke the camel's back here like what could what what was it and i mean we'll talk about that eventually but 
I, I I was pretty sure that it was probable. It probably had to do with profits. It had to be. It had to be about like money. There, there's no, there's no other, there's no other. Yeah, that that seemed to that seemed to be the. Yeah. It, I I, th- I think the way I found out about it too was just uh, seeing on TikTok people people like cheering in the parks when it was announced, and I was like, wow, it's it's like the <laughs> end of uh, Return of the Jedi out down there. <laughs> Do 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 do. Yeah, the celebration song at the end of the uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? How many people have reacted like that is is uh very funny. Um, because it cast members being very excited. It really was like people running up and down the vibes were this is not what actually happened but the vibes were people running up and down the street yelling like ding dong the witch is dead the witch is dead you know like they were it was as if the great movie ride still existed at this moment because oh, of man. the way that that echoed throughout the halls of studios <laughs> um yes uh, what it mostly comes down to i know everybody is like well the parks we're in kind of rough shape, right? Genie plus all this crap. Let's not beat around the bush here. He was let go because of the performance of the stock. That is what they were worried about. That is what they're always worried about is the performance of the stock prices. And what I find funny is I, I really wonder how it would have been how long we'd be stuck with them right if the stock had kind of floated along normally now the stock has continued to gone down at certain points because of things like you know people are saying avatars underperformance but to be honest if you look at everybody's stock prices right now are just dropping hard so i don't even know if you can really pin it on like this is a disney issue um and at that point netflix is yeah, Netflix's stock was really dropping at this point because, and that's what kind of spelled the doom for Chapik is Iger was able to tell all these stock people their the streaming will be profitable eventually, right? Eventually, we plan to be profitable by 2024, 2025 on the streaming front. But Netflix showed some vulnerability as somebody that's stock that was always high started to dip and they started to lose subs and their stock plunged. And, you know, part of the thought became on wall street is streaming going to be profitable. They're holding, they were kind of holding JPEG and Disney plus now to standards that they were not holding them to originally because of them freaking out about the Netflix situation. When you're looking at the price, like they've said numerous times, it's going to be 2024 or later that will be profitable in streaming. Well, it became that that wasn't good enough this time in the fourth quarter. So that was an issue. There's the issue that everyone perceives as ESPN. You know, I, I Googled before we did the show. I just said, let me Google Bob Iger. I was trying to find some of the articles that I had read before, but instead I was getting a lot of new articles that was saying everybody, Jim Cramer, and all these random analysts saying 
it's time for them to spin off ESPN. And what that means for people that don't know is spin it into its own company and kind of like disown yourself from ESPN and ABC. And uh, they, they always consider, and they've been considering this is a reason why Disney stock continues to plunge at times is the ESPN issue. People dropping cable um, and ESPN getting dropped from cable companies at times, all this kind of stuff has kind of led to ESPN spending millions of dollars to get TV rights for stuff while people are dropping cable. So that's becoming a problem, all that good stuff. So needless to say, I wouldn't be shocked if this eventually happens, but they've been kind of talking about this like for years. So I also wouldn't be shocked if this doesn't happen. I do think Iger probably thinks ESPN and ABC do have some sort of value because of the ability to have synergy and to be able to say Monday Night Football, we're premiering our Marvel trailer. You know, and getting people that watch the NFL to be able to watch your trailer at a time where everybody is watching the NFL. What I mean by that is Monday Night Football is not like where they have five different games on at one o'clock on a Sunday. It is that is the only football game on TV at the moment. So if you're watching football, you're watching that you're watching their channel. So it's cheaper for them to put the trailer on there. And it kind of all goes, you know, the money all goes back to the same person, essentially. So I think they, I think that they kind of uh, probably think ESPN and ABC are a little bit in a better light than some of these analysts do. But it was just funny that randomly I saw like five articles about it. I was like, geez, like somebody's really pushing this hard. And I think that person is Wall Street. (laughs) Yep, probably. Uh, it's de- it's definitely, you know, I, I I think that it can be profitable, and you know, I Iger has history in you know more digital media, and I I think I think maybe his expertise is kind of needed to lead. You know, the two year contract kind of leads to exactly the point where he said that it would be profitable. So maybe it's for exactly that reason. Like, you know, that's that's the that's the check. Like. If it's profitable, he stays on. If it's not profitable, try something new. I I could see that being like the rationale for the two-year contract that Iger got there. Yeah, and a lot of people have been asking like, uh, what are you going to buy next, Bob? And it's like, we're not buying anything right now. They really don't have the capability to buy something right now either. I mean, uh, people started speculating instead that Disney would be the one getting bought. But, uh, but yeah, pe- people were like immediately thinking, oh, they're going to go out and buy like, I forget what they said. I forget what people were saying, but they're going to go out and buy this thing. And I'm like, they're not buying anything They're <laughs> They have bigger problems to, to, you know, bigger fish to fry at this point. And that problem is the ESPN conundrum and then getting the streaming stuff sorted out. Cause we've seen how one company has handled it. That company being WB discovery, which is getting rid of everything on their service. <laughs> but still charging the same price. And then you see how uh, other companies are handling it. So it'll be very interesting to see how they go about that because what Discovery is doing right now is they took off the show Westworld, which was a hit in season one. All right. 
that's gone from HBO Max. That is an HBO show, an original HBO show, not an HBO Max show, but an HBO show. All of those I thought would be safe on their on their service because you know if you're selling HBO Max, you think I'm going to have access to all of HBO. No, apparently not. And what they're doing is that show went on for four years. The viewership has dropped tremendously, but they got they canceled the show, and now they're like going they're selling westworld to free ad supported streaming services which they call fast like free ad supported service uh streaming i don't know what the t means then but it, it's it stands for fast and then so that's probably going to go to something like freebie tv or you know crackle or pluto tv it's going to go to one of those that are free things like that. And the reason for that, and the reason why this is relevant to Disney is discovery doesn't want to pay the residuals that they have to pay to the artists every time the show is watched on the streaming service. So what WB is almost doing is doing exactly what they did before they had a streaming service when they would license out these shows to Netflix, to whoever, and that cost, would help cover the residual cost. Now, that cost of the residuals is out of their pocket, and shows like Westworld are not uh, getting enough viewers to probably warrant them being on the service. So they're removing shows like that. They've removed movies that were on there exclusively to HBO Max. They've removed shows on there. So the question becomes, Disney, are you following the Netflix path, or are you going to be following the WB path. And I think obviously they need Disney plus they're going to follow the Netflix path more, but it's just insane that HBO max was seen as one of the best services with the library content and what they were doing on there. Everybody was praising it. Then discovery gets a hold of it and it has become awful, but yeah. So, uh, so that Iger has a lot of stuff to, to work out there. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so I think, on the whole, Iger coming back isn't likely to change a ton of stuff. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, good for public image type stuff. I think it can be good for uh, certain things like, uh, you know, there was the whole controversy politically about about certain things. Uh, but I think Iger could maybe help smooth that over sort of efforts with, with things. So... I think while, you know, he 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 might not be, you know, a 100% like best ever CEO for for the company. I think that on the whole he's going to be able to improve quite a lot of things, but I wouldn't expect him to change a lot of the things that, you know, uh that people were thinking, "Oh, this means the end of Genie Plus." Like you have to remember, uh Genie Plus was announced in 2019 when he was still ceo it's not it, it's just that chapek was stuck with the implementation was it announced then was it really mm-hmm. yep it was announced in 2019 the genie service yep so oh wow purely chapek's idea so yeah uh i i think that i think that well i mean i don't think that's it, going away there, and that's i don't where think it the gets, park pass reservation that's where it gets com- going away but that's where it gets confusing with the 
ultimately what does the CEO do, right? Because, and this is where Iger gets to kind of have his cake and eat it too, right? So this, this is something where he's able to kind of get away with the stuff where people do cheer that he's back because what they're able to look at, and this is where it gets funny, is that when Chapik was head of the parks, everything was Chapik's fault. When Chapik was head of CEO, everything was still Chapik's fault. So it becomes the issue of what what does the CEO actually do? Because the head of park should be able to make some of these decisions. So what you could look at is for the park reservation stuff and the Genie Plus, be like, well, even though that was announced during Iger's tenure, Chapik was head of parks, so he's the one that did it. And obviously what you would also think is, well, he probably had to get Iger to sign off on it, right? Like, I don't, I, that's the thing is how much is he, because it seems like Iger really likes the creative stuff, right? Like how many times he, uh, like even when he left, right? When he left, he stayed on for a whole year as like a creative consultant for studios, right? So it seems like he's really more in the film side than the park side. But then it becomes, okay, why didn't we pass some of this blame on to Iger originally? Well, some people did, right? And then also, why aren't we putting some of that same stuff on Josh uh, DiArmo, right? Who is the head of parks? Well, some of the stuff I was reading, and I'm not sure, you said you watched some videos beforehand, so I'm not sure what it exactly covered, but there was an article recently that said, like, Josh almost quit, right? Like, he almost quit, and that is what got, uh, what was her name, McCarthy? Uh, to kind of <laughs> pull this maneuver with the board and be able to get Iger back. And, you know, some people have speculated that maybe Josh didn't like how cheap Chapek was being and that it was kind of putting a hamper on his stuff, which might, Jack, put us in the position of why we got those random blue sky concepts at D23 <laughs> was... Hey, if I didn't have my boss above me, I'd be approving this stuff right now. And um, I don't know, like that might make more sense on why he came out and said, here's stuff we want to do. And then, you know, kind of putting the pressure back on Chapik again, if it's well received and Chapik's like, no, I don't want to do that. So, you know, there's definitely some politicking going on, like the business office politics stuff going on here and i don't think we'll ever fully know because obviously we have the Iger spin right everything that came to light after the Iger announcement where everything was a bit in a bad light for chapik and then you're gonna have the the chapik spin probably he's probably gonna write a book or something i don't know uh, Disney War Part Two, right? Um, we'll see how that all shakes out. I guess it's really interesting because I really wish we could kind of get to know more of what happened because this was kind of a hail mary for Disney here, and they're in trouble. But the thing is also, Iger had to know that this was going to probably be coming, right? Like he left right when COVID was about to hit, he had to have known this was going to create an issue because he left while Shanghai was in its closure. So he obviously knew (laughs) it wasn't looking great. 
And what did he care about? He cared about his mm-hmm. legacy, right? Uh, that's why it took him forever to find somebody to even replace him. He kept saying, I'll stay on a little bit longer. And now we're kind of at this point of he stepped away, but actually he'd only been away for maybe a year, right? Because he stayed through 2021 or through 2020 as a creative consultant. So he was there for, I think, through 2020. So he's been gone for maybe a year and 10 months or something and is now back. And one thing I like, too, is some of these stories that were coming out is like how he's sitting at like cafes in L.A. complaining about Chapik the whole time. And I'm like, wow, he's just like us. (laughs) He has he should have his own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, a lot of it's been and I don't think we'll really ever know what fully happened believe what you want to believe i guess but now like i said i'm I'm thinking we now know why we got to see some of these concept arts at d23 that i'm sharing on the screen if you're watching the youtube video and that's because they're like hey we might we might not be able to do this and i'm gonna put pressure on my boss especially if josh was actually close to quitting that makes a lot more sense on mm-hmm. why he came out and showed all that stuff. Uh, your thoughts on, I guess, Josh DiArmo almost quitting. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of funny if that's the reason for it. Uh, I I think that I it would make sense that it, that it put a lot of pressure on on the board to do something to uh, do something. So if, if he had quit, I think that that would have put Disney Parks in a really tough position to try and find a replacement. Uh, especially with like all the backlash that has been happening. Uh, So I think that, I think it makes sense that, you know, protect the more popular executive position uh, at the expense of one that's been constantly just like been uh, that sort of makes sense that, uh, you know, if that, if that's true, it makes a lot of sense how they came to the decision to uh, force JPEG to step down. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that'll be uh... God. Just, just give me, just give me a tell all documentary on Disney plus about this <laughs> years from now, obviously when none of these people are CEO. So that way we can have a more unbiased <laughs> look at it. But um, you know, I, I would love something like that. But you're probably right. There's probably not going to be a big change. Uh, did you hear what he said when he was at his town hall and somebody asked about like the reservations or something? He said, I'll have to ask Josh about that. I'm like, like you don't already know? I don't know. Like That just seemed kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I I don't think... I think... here Here's what I, I think about it. There's, there's two ways that this goes down. Uh, because, first of all, to understand the that Disney is getting from the park pass reservation system right tells them how much merchandise they need in the park for a given day how much food they need in the park for a day how uh what the lines are going to look like so if 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 it gets canceled or they get rid of it that's definitely a pr move there's no way that they're just getting rid of just uh just because uh you know they they thought they they decided uh they just decided it like it has to be a PR move if it does. I I don't think it's 
the worst thing in the world if it if it stays around i get for like pass holders it can be a bit obnoxious but i i i can't see them axing it just because it helps them so much with planning yeah it'll it'll be uh it'll be interesting from from what i've heard too though is that they probably have from people that i i'm not gonna say no but people that i've read that are in the know makes it seem like they already had a lot of that information anyway when they're looking at how many people how many people are booked to stay you know um and just trends from year to year and actually attendance is kind of down this year um at this point so i guess you know and, and part of the reason why it's still profitable right now even though attendance is down is because of genie plus and people willing to spend what was originally 16 bucks but now is inflated prices for what was it uh, for um like per season or like you know they have like the the schedule like the calendar can inf- infect the genie plus stuff so i think during thanksgiving it was like 25 29 for genie plus per person which is insane because one i i understand when people used to like bump up prices for stuff during holidays if it's going to be like an actual limited service thing but when it is a digital app (laughs) that just lets you get into a ride that already has a set capacity anyway per hour i don't know that just seems like you're just making up a like oh it's this day so we have to bump up the price you know um it's like you're, you're still doing the same task on that day if you're working there and i've worked the hell that is christmas and thanks like thanksgiving and new year's in magic kingdom so i know how busy it is and i know how awful those days were but they didn't pay me extra really for those days um so i find it hard for them to just essentially double the price for genie (laughs) plus on those days is is just kind of mind-blowing regardless we can probably move on from the bob Iger talk i guess um any well i guess let me ask you anything else about bob Iger before we move on from the bob Iger talk i think uh you know the the main thing is this probably isn't going to change a ton of things it seems like mostly a pr type move you know it's it's going to improve standing uh in the eyes of the public probably in the eyes of wall street a little bit you know the stock prices went up a little bit after immediately after Iger was reinstated it might be you know to smooth things over with florida's government after the whole reedy creek fiasco uh with that so I think at the end of the day, this is this is not going to affect the parks operation that much. It's probably going to affect streaming and the idea of like, what's the company going to, how are they going to deal with investors? How are they going to deal with other actors? That That's the main thing that's going to change. Uh, I can't imagine much else changing. Yeah, because let's not forget, Chapik really upset um, Marvel. Feige and Scarlett Johansson with that whole Black Widow fiasco. Uh, and and that's the kind of stuff that's going to be gone. Iger is very aware 
of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Iger already took down some of the like setups that Chapik had put in place that was limiting the creatives uh, in charge of those things. Um, so for that stuff, that stuff's going to run a lot smoother. I'm sure Kevin Feige is a much happier man with Bob Iger at the helm than Chapik. But I do think there will be some stuff with the parks that have to change. And the reason I say that is because a lot of these Wall Street articles keep talking about the parks as if like that is why they went and got Iger is because of the mess of the parks from Chapik. So I think that's going to be an issue that needs to be looked at. And from what I've heard from from people that, you know, uh, or from articles and stuff is that Iger was one of those people that was way more into surveys, right? And the survey results that they get from the parks and the resorts. And those had plummeted under Chapik. So I'm thinking, here's the thing, though. If they stay that low during Iger, does he take action and fix it? Or is it just that the spirit is now increased, like you said, almost like a PR move? Is it like the spirit is better because Iger's there, that people start leaving better reviews even though nothing has changed in the parks? And that is what I really am curious about because it's almost like... I don't even know a way to really put this, but it's it's almost like just being more comfortable with, with the devil you know than the devil you don't know, right? And Iger's back, so we're all happy, which means I'm happy at the park, even though the same stuff is going on under Chapik. Like, I, that is what I wonder. Or if Iger's going to get more feedback and be like, oh, I have to make changes. That's what I wonder. Look, I'm very happy Chapik's gone. I'm very happy Iger's back, but I want to see some of these changes that make it easier for the people that go to the parks and uh, to, to continue to show up. You know, we've talked about it on here numerous times, so I'm not going to really go into it too much, but just the the slam dunks, they were providing universal for some of these PR things because of the reservation system. And some of that stuff is going to be changing into next year, which was already in the works before Iger took over, but they're limiting some of that stuff going into next year that when you buy your ticket, you're buying the reservation and it's already automatically doing that. Instead of the stupid system of buying a park ticket and then being like, I have no reservation. because I'm sure there were people that were like buying a ticket and then trying to go in and they're like, well, you don't have a reservation. It's like, well, I just bought a ticket. Isn't this my reservation? And then they probably had to think about that a bit. And it seems like they're correcting that. And that's good because that leads to that. We've talked about it before, but there was a family that was not in the area. They came from, I don't know, overseas. I think they came from overseas or they came from far away to Florida, they get there, they have their tickets, but they didn't have a park reservation, so they couldn't get in. So they wasted money, essentially. And Universal says, come here on our dime and spend your four days instead at Universal. And it made the news, and it was it made Disney look so foolish. And I think that's the kind of stuff that 
will hopefully be lessened with their new system that they're going to be dropping in with Iger and power. Now that's going to look like an Iger play. So things are going to look better for Iger in, in that sense. But I really wonder if he'll only be here for two years because how many times he said that in the past. And if you're going to only be here for two years, by the end of year one, you better know who you're having su- succeed you. So that way you have a whole year of shadowing them. I don't think you can leave it late like he did when he picked Chapik. Okay. Well, I guess let's move on from Iger, like I said, like 10 minutes ago. Uh, but we're going to move on from Iger. We're going to talk about um, the railroad reopening. I think it's doing cast previews right now, but it's supposed to open, I believe, in January. Early January? I tried to find a date. I can't find the date anymore, but they've done some cast previews, and I didn't realize this thing had been closed since, like, 2018. I guess. I don't know. I guess I just kind of wasn't paying much attention, but it's been down the whole time Tron has been being, being built. Yeah, I can't find that. Okay, uh, Jack. Any thoughts about the railroad? Do you ride this a lot, or or no? I do like the railroad. Um, I think it's cool because it serves two purposes. It's an attraction. You know, you can actually go around, kind of see the entire park, see that you wouldn't normally see. Um, and also, it's a method of transportation. So you know, if you're a little bit tired after a long day of walking, uh, if you started in Adventureland and walked all the way around, you know, you could go back to Fantasyland or uh, now uh, train up to Main Street and, you know, uh, be able to take take a load off of your feet for a little bit and uh, drop you off right by the exit. So it's a attraction for Disney, you know, a, a main uh, one of the major things that Walt loved most was his train. So I think, uh, you know, getting getting it back running again uh in time for at least a little bit of the 50th anniversary celebration even though that's technically past uh but they're continuing it on until march it seems so uh it it, it's good that it's back for that yeah yeah which is good because that's when i go so i'll be able to i'll be able to ride i'll be able to celebrate the 50th I'm not somebody that rides the the train a lot. Um, maybe as a kid I did, but I'm I'm almost one of those that is like uh, when I'm at Disney, I'm like a walker, right? I am, you know, call me Walker Texas Ranger. I'm gonna be walking all over the place. I'm gonna walk nonstop. But when I met like my wife and her family, they're not that way. Like if there's a convenient mode of transportation they're going to take it right so the the tram the parking tram i never really rode that thing much at all until i met my wife and her family because if they if i parked far away i'm like i guess i just have a longer walk like that's just kind of the mode i was especially when i worked there i was like i'm not mingling with anybody (laughs) i'm just walking my way to the front whatever and uh same thing with the train but, you know, I think, you know, as I'm looking forward to having kids and all that kind of stuff, it'll be nice to have the train fully finished again. I'm sure, though, that they'll have to probably put it in refurbishment again if they ever do this beyond Big Thunder stuff. But 
you know, in, in the meantime, it'll be nice to kind of ride. It's got a new track a bit because it has to kind of go differently from uh, from where Tron is now. So we'll, we'll see how it goes there. But it's nice. Like you said, Walt loves his trains. This is one of the things that kind of made him uh, think like, on that path of Disney world, you know, it's, it's his trains that were in his backyard and it was uh, the model trains in his backyard and him going to the park with his daughters and not having anything to do is really like the two things that really propelled this. So, you know, having his, his railroad active again is a really, really good, uh, really good thing. Um, I didn't know this though. American Adventure Pavilion is still down. Apparently, it's supposed to be reopened. It closed in September for a three months three month refurbishment, and it was supposed to open on the 18th and has not. And now it looks like no show times are on the calendar all the way up to February of 2023. But I didn't realize. Um, I didn't realize that was closed right now. <laughs> I don't think many people did for a few reasons, but you know, uh, yeah. How many people go in there? Yeah. Because I was going to say, I, I remembered it being open in August at least when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. It but, closed like right after you left September. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if it's the most popular attraction around. So, uh, but that that's. Yeah. It says refurb and I'm thinking it's just for whatever reason, there something might have went wrong when they were refurbing it and they have to spend longer. I don't know. Um, let's also talk about some uh, other news, I guess. Something that is closing officially January 23rd, 2023. So a month exactly from this date is Splash Mountain closing in Disney World. It's going to close later in Disneyland, which is amazing because originally it was supposed to close earlier in Disneyland and later in Disney World. So I'm not sure what happened there, but um, looks like Disney World is going to start the change over to Tiana's Bayou Adventure starting in, in January, which I'm a little bummed about because I'm going in March and I was hoping I'd get one last ride in before. Yeah really just, just missing, missing it, it. Uh, it sucks and i thought i had that time because they hadn't announced it yet and i was thinking oh disneyland's is still supposed to close first that was always the rumors so i'm like i have more time and uh no i don't have more time so make sure you spend lots of times with the ones you love because you never know when they're going to get refurbed and uh remodeled so <laughs> So it's a shame, but uh, so if you are in the area, <laughs> if you are in the area, ride it. I'm excited to see what it ends up looking like because the concept art has looked great, uh, and I, I think I think it's a it 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 has a lot of potential to be something. You know, it's a, especially changing it from you know a an older Disney IP that is not the most progressive on uh on, on race to something that is far more like that is far more representative and like more 
appealing, I think, to to people who and more more of like I I think it's I think it I think it's better for 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 yeah. So so this is where I always kind of leaned on Splash. In my opinion, Splash as as a kid, Splash was my favorite, and now Pirates is my favorite, but Splash is my second favorite of the park. So it's kind of odd because I'm not one that's crazy about water rides, but both of them are like the boat rides in Magic Kingdom that are my favorite. And, um, you know, as growing up, I didn't even know about Song of the South, really. So for that, it was Splash Mountain. Um, So, uh, you know, I can kind of see where they've wanted to kind of get away from it because of that. But I would say most people that write it have no idea, you know, what it, what it is until they actually, I guess, look it up. And I thought it was, you know, it was a very brilliant when you hear the story of how they did this, you know, they had, um, geez, they had the animatronics sitting around from America sings and wanted to know what to do with it. And they just, the guy just kind of came up with, uh, you know, the Imagineer was like, let's just like do this stuff and we can repurpose this stuff. And, we can kind of pretty up this IP. That's kind of not great. Right. That's kind of like the whole, you know, we can use these obscure characters and uh, kind of spin it around a bit. And uh, it's just a shame that, you know, one of my favorite attractions is going to be gone. And and, and the way that I'm, you know, I'm sure it'll be great as long as they don't do a thinly veiled, a thinly veiled retheme. If they go out and actually produce it, the way that they can produce it it should be good but i know every time i ride it the whole time i'm gonna think about this was splash it's the same way that when i ride winnie the pooh i think this was mr toad and it's a shame that i sit there and think about that every time but mr toad was one of my favorites growing up as well so it becomes a thing of you know, uh, I, I don't know if I'll ever fully have, like, it hit me as, like, a brand new ride. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to fairly judge it. And I'm sure for a lot of people, it's going to be that way. And what I think that means is that this ride is going to probably be unfairly judged and unfairly ripped apart at times. Um because of what it is replacing and how like iconic this ride was. Uh, So, so that's kind of unfortunate for it because there's going to be lots of, uh, you know, and people making it uh, some people making it a whole thing on the replacement of it due to, you know, like you said, it wasn't handling race, very well the the original ip and some people are going to defend that ride because they hold the values of the original ip as i can say that maybe as gently as i can here um but you know that's what that was never is why i enjoyed the ride but there are people that are going to take uh you know not like the ride coming up because of them calling it woke or whatever they're gonna call it you know and and that's unfair to the ride but for me while i'm riding it it's gonna be all right you you have a standard of splash mountain which is 
you know, my second favorite attraction. Can you clear this hurdle? And I think that if I look at it objectively, they can. But I just know it's probably going to be a hard thing for them to top for me and for many people that hold that ride in, in such esteem. So it'll be interesting. I've read rumors that they wanted to do a cheap overlay. Hint, hint, Chapik. That was some of the rumors. It was kind of like, hey, let's cheap this thing out. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, I think that, you know, because when you look at the original unveiling of the art, they have like the huge boat on top of the thing, like where the Splash Mountain log is and all this kind of stuff. And now they don't have that on the art. And it that was worrying to me of, okay, are they cheapening out? And I just hope that the inside of the ride is not cheapening out. What I would also love to see is keep some of those America Sings things in there you know obviously disney world didn't have america sing so so their animatronics are a little different from disneyland's but when you do it in disneyland keep the tradition going on a bit have some of those um some of those uh animatronics in there and do what you do for every other ride which is please have a reference to splash in there still you know don't let the fact that the movie it was based on was very not progressive, as you said, you know, reflect from like, I don't want them to completely disown it. Like put like a little, you know, have Br'er Rabbit handing the deed to Tiana or whatever, like they did to Mr. Toad handing the deed to owl or something, you know, like do something like that. But I'm sure. Yeah. They so I'm sure they January will. 23rd is the last day. Yeah, I I'm going to I I think I'm probably going to go on it for at at Disneyland, but uh, that will be uh, that will be it. And I I do look forward to seeing what they do. And that's a shame too, because I actually don't like Disneyland's version as much as Disney World. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the uh, let's let's move on from that. The last thing I have here before we go is just two good news right we kind of talked about some of the bad news with splash closing two good news here character dining is returning at cinderella's royal table on february 28th and chef mickey's is returning to buffet dining on march 1st of 2023 so we're kind of as long as everything continues the track it's going on Right, because China's in some trouble right now with their box office and COVID and all that kind of stuff. If everything continues on the track we're going now, it's getting closer to normal at Disney parks. But I guess we'll see how it continues to play out. Okay, so for the next thing that we are about to do here, we are going to do a draft. This is something Jack saw on TikTok for them drafting certain items or rides and stuff in Disney parks. We're going to do that today with Disney theme park snacks. So I think Jack is going to flip a coin here. I'm going to call it. And then we're going to see five snacks each for Disney park snacks. So I'll, I'll pick first. 
And I was hoping I was going to get to do this one first because I think it's a classic Disney snack. But give me the churro. Oh, churro, churro number one for me. It's it's a classic. Get it, get it with the chocolate sauce. You know, get it with the icing. Get it plain. It tastes good no matter what. Uh, and you can find it like everywhere at the parks. You know, it's just it's just a classic, classic Disney park snack. I think. All right. So let me write that. Jack's number one pick. Churro. All right. I am going to go. And let me tell you, actually, with churros, I'm not big on churros, honestly. I didn't, I never had one until I worked at Disney and I got to try all the snacks for free on my training before I, before I started working. So, um, but yeah, I'm not, not big on churros. Uh, they're okay. I'm going to go with the ice cream. <laughs> I'm going to go with the ice cream cookie sandwich. This was at Sleepy Hollow. It's also kind of like at the bakery on uh, like the, not the, it's not the bakery anymore. It's the ice cream parlor or whatever um, on main street. And it is two gigantic chocolate chip cookies with a big scoop of vanilla ice cream in the middle. And uh, my dad got them a lot when I was growing up and it rubbed off on me. And I used to go to the parks when I worked on my off days, get an ice cream cookie sandwich, a bottle of water and sit and watch like the castle shows or whatever. It was, it was a good time. So I'm going to go with the ice cream cookie sandwich first. That that's, that's a solid first round pick, solid first round pick. Uh, Number two, I'm going to go to Epcot for this. And I'm going to go with one thing that I'm, I think that, I think they have it there usually, not just during food. One thing that I'm, I think that, I think they have it there usually. Uh, I'm going to go for my number two pick. I'm going to go with the poutine from Canada. Do It doesn't need to be more general than that. I'll count it because I'm not going to pick it. So I'll count it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I, I love it from there. It's so good. It's perfect. It's the perfect uh, distribution of ingredients. So I'm going to take it. I, I loved it when I had it at, at Food and Wine. Uh, and just to get a little bit more variety, you know, mm-hmm. got some sweet, get a little bit of savory too. I'm going to go with salty next here. I'm going to go with the Mickey pretzel. I have to get one of these. Every time I go down, it's one of the best soft pretzels around for me. So I'm going to go with the Mickey pretzel. I can't wait until March when I can hopefully get one. Um, and it, that's kind of where I rank right now is I always make sure I get like ice cream cookie sandwich and I always try to make sure I get a Mickey pretzel. So that's how I'm going in my picks. All right. Yeah, that, that's that's a solid choice. The pretzel, great option. For, for number three, I'm going to go a little bit more general. It's it's mostly Magic Kingdom, but you can get it around. I'm gonna say the corn dog nuggets from Casey's. You know, though though there there are many corn dogs, but they're I don't know what it is that they do with them. Okay. Uh I am gonna go with um another another thing I used to work at. Uh, was uh, I used to work in Adventureland, 
And I think I know what people think I'm going to say, but it's not that. All right. It's <laughs> I am not going with the Dole Whiff right now. I'm going with the Sunshine Tree Tear Citrus Swirl, which is almost like an orange cream-esque flavor. It's got orange juice mixed with the vanilla ice cream. It's like an orange juice slush mixed with vanilla ice cream and a swirl. It's really good. Uh, I looked it up. It seems like it like comes and goes, but usually it's there. And um, oh yeah, that's right. They had originally got rid of it, and I think in 2022 they uh, it took a month for them to get it back because people were pissed. Uh, it looks like, but it's it's really good. Um, so hopefully it's still Ooh, there. Okay. I don't know. It says as of 2022, it still is, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Sunshine Tree Terrace citrus swirl that that's that that's a good one it it, it looks i i haven't had it but i know my siblings have and it looks pretty good whenever they've had it so maybe i'll have to pick that up eventually when i go there next yeah it's great. um let's see for yeah for number four you you haven't taken this one yet you took something similar but i'm gonna go with from from the carts that you can find around the mickey ice cream bar you know the the vanilla ice cream with the yep. chocolate casing around it, really good, really good treat. Uh, I think I think it's it's classic too. Usually, when you think of ice cream from Disney, you think of that. I'm going with that. Okay. Um, hmm. Here's another one that I really enjoyed. I never usually buy it, but. I'm going to draft it because it's really good and I liked it when I did try it and I used to make it so I can still make it guys. All right. It is the, uh, the Nutella waffle sandwich. All right. So this is waffle with Nutella on it with bananas, strawberries and blueberries. And I used to make this thing, it was great. I, I I tried it when I first worked there. I think I've gotten it a time or two since. But yes, this was uh, th- this is something that's really good. Uh, so I I would have I could have gone basic and went for the uh, went for the the uh, Dole Whip, but I'm I'm gonna go with something that I think has a little bit more sustenance to it. So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, the Nutella waffle. Uh, that's a, that's a good. I, I I had a feeling. I thought that was gonna be like one of your first uh, some Sleepy Hollow. Uh, I thought for sure that that was going quick, but final round, right? Yep. So this one would be at a five. You know what 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 hasn't been chosen yet, right? Because there's still there there's um, okay. I, I I'm gonna go with the buffalo chicken chips from animal kingdom i've mm. got it used to be a buffalo chicken waffle stand but now it's buffalo chicken chips and those chips are very good they're like kettle chips you got shredded buffalo chicken on top of it you got blue cheese and arugula really tasty i love it it tastes great so i'm gonna go with those <laughs> very specific but i i feel like i have to have them on, on here it's one of my favorites okay so i've gone all Magic Kingdom pretty much right now. I'm going to switch it up for this fifth one. 
I know it's a slam dunk. It's a slam dunk. I should have took Dole Whip at fifth because he didn't. And, you know, that's most people's favorite. But I'm going to switch it up here. I'm going to go with the Lunchbox Tarts, those Woody's Lunchbox Pop-Tarts. I tried one of these recently when I was there like last year or two years ago. It was at a free event, so I didn't have to pay for it. But uh, I did try it, and it was very good. So I'm, I'm so much so I went up and grabbed another one. So I'm I'm gonna go with this and kind of, you know, spread out my my park, my parks here. But I'm probably gonna go with the raspberry, um, the raspberry lunchbox tart. It's probably what I'm gonna go with here. Five. Yeah, I heard lots of good things, so I tried it and it was good. So went to get a pastry in there too. You know, most of mine were. Two ice cream esque ones. It would have been weird, been like Dole Whip, and have like three ice cream esque ones. When I'm not even a big ice cream guy, so felt like <laughs> felt like I had to switch it up there. But there you have it. So we'll we'll draft some attractions or something next time or whatever. But hey, you know what? Who made an appearance here? Orange Bird. I got the Orange Bird here. Vinylmation for the fiftieth. That's cool. I was so happy when I opened that up because I was like, oh, I worked there. It was great. And let me say, the Adventureland quick service outfit, very comfortable. It's like pajamas. They're very they're very comfortable. I knew people that used to wear them on their off days because they were so comfortable. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, yes, Jack's internet has been awful during this uh, episode. So I'm going to pretty this up in, in post. But just if you ever know why, like, we didn't talk about something one of us said, it's because we probably didn't hear it. But <laughs> what? <laughs> so what we're going to be doing here is, uh, so that's the draft. That's it. We'll come back next episode. We're going to talk about Jack's trip to Disneyland. Uh, he's going to share if he sees any more cool Marvel stuff, because lots of characters have premiered there <laughs> since. So we'll probably get to know some of that stuff but if you want to reach out to us on any of our platforms twitter bt disney podcast facebook.com slash behind the dreams podcast instagram at behind the dreams podcast we have a youtube now that is at uh ooh, i think i did at bt disney podcast i'll have to double check that but you can click all the links in the show notes if you're interested in finding any of those uh, we just want to wish everyone happy holidays, no matter what holiday you're celebrating during this time of year. There's a lot of them going on right now. So enjoy your holidays, enjoy your time with family, and we will catch you sometime in the new year to talk about Jack's trip and draft some attractions. Let's do Hollywood. We'll do Hollywood attractions in the new year. But yeah, thanks for everyone for watching or listening, and we will catch you all next time.